I wouldn't have missed it for anything. "'Twas the most exciting thing I ever knew. His face lighted with admiration, but all for the ship. She's a stout one, the dolphin, he said. She's come through many a worse blow than that. His eyes dwelt fondly on the topsails. What is happening? Kit asked, noting the sudden activity along the deck. Four husky sailors in blue jackets and bright kerchiefs had hurried forward to man the capstan bars. Captain Eaton, in his good blue coat, was shouting orders from the quarter-deck. Are we stopping here? There are passengers to go ashore, Nat explained, and we need food and water for the trip upriver. But we've missed the tide, and the wind is blowing too hard from the west for us to make the landing. We're going to anchor out here and take the longboat into shore. That means I'd better look to the oars. He swung away, moving lightly and confidently. There was a bounce in his step that matched the laughter in his eyes. With dismay, Kit saw the captain's wife among the passengers preparing to disembark. Must she say goodbye so soon to Mistress Eaton? They had shared the bond of being the only two women aboard the Dolphin, and the older woman had been sociable and kindly. Now, catching Kit's eye, she came hurrying along the deck. Are you leaving the ship, Mistress Eaton? Kit greeted her wistfully. Aye. Didn't I tell you I'd be leaving you at Saybrook? But don't look so sad, child. "'Tis not far to Weathersfield, and we'll be meeting again. "'But I thought the Dolphin was your home.' "'In the winter time it is, when we sail to the West Indies. "'But I was born in Saybrook, and in the spring I get to hankering for my house and garden. "'Besides, I'd never let on to my husband, but the summer trips are tedious. "'Just back and forth, up and down the river. "'I stay at home and tend my vegetables and my spinning like a proper housewife.' Then come November, when he sails for Barbados again, I'm ready enough to go with him. Tis a good life, and one of the best things about it is coming home in the springtime. Kit glanced again at the forbidding shore. She could see nothing about it to put such a twinkle of anticipation in anyone's eye. Could there be some charm that was not visible from out here in the harbor? She spoke on a sudden impulse. Would there be room in the boat for me to ride to shore with you? she begged. I know it's silly, but there is America so close to me for the first time in my life. I can't bear not to set my foot upon it. What a child you are, Kit, smiled Mrs. Eaton. Sometimes tis hard to believe you are sixteen, she appealed to her husband. The captain scowled at the girl's wind-reddened cheeks and shining eyes and then shrugged consent. As Kit gathered her heavy skirts about her and clambered down the swaying rope ladder, the men in the longboat good-naturedly shoved their bundles closer to make room for her. Her spirits bobbed like the white caps in the harbor as the boat pulled away from the black hull of the dolphin. As the prow scraped the landing piles, Nat leaped ashore and caught the hawser. He reached to help his mother, then stretched a sure hand to swing Kit over the boat's edge. With a bound, she was over the side and had set foot on America. She stood taking deep breaths of the salt, fish-tainted air, and looked about for someone to share her excitement. She was quite forgotten. A throng of men and boys on the wharf had noisily closed in on the three Eatons, and she could hear a busy catching up of the past month's news. The other passengers had hurried along the wharf to the dirt road beyond. Only three shabbily dressed women lingered near her, and because she could not contain her eagerness, Kit smiled and would have spoken, 
but she was abruptly repulsed by their sharply curious eyes. One hand moved guiltily to her tangled brown curls. She must look a sight. No gloves, no cover for her hair, and her face rough and red from weeks of salt wind. But how ill-mannered of them to stare so. She pulled up the hood of her scarlet cloak and turned away. Embarrassment was a new sensation for Kit. No one on the island had ever presumed to stare like that at Sir Francis Tyler's granddaughter. To make matters worse, America was behaving strangely underfoot. As she stepped forward, the wharf tilted upward, and she felt curiously light-headed. Just in time, a hand grasped her elbow. Steady there, a voice warned. You haven't got your land legs yet. Nat's blue eyes laughed down at her.